Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko flying solo on this episode. You can find everything that my co-host David Harrison and I are doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Leading off today's show is obviously something that uh, I never thought I would ever have to talk about on this show. I'm sure David probably thought the same. But we are here to cover your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that means with all the good, we also have to cover the bad. And as all of you, I'm sure, are aware, uh, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers and San Diego Chargers wide receiver Vincent Jackson was found dead in his hotel room in Tampa on Monday morning, a little before 12 o'clock, and he was just 38 years old. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of statements, uh, and then we're going to get on with with something else that I already had planned on the show, and then we're going to wrap things up at the end with a little more talk about Vincent Jackson. This is kind of the news aspect of everything, but it was said uh, via the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office Twitter account. This was their official statement, quote, According to hotel staff, Jackson, who is a South Tampa resident, checked into the hotel on January 11th and had been staying in a room since that date. On February 10th, HCSO spoke with Jackson's family members who called to report that he was missing. A formal report was filed on February 11th. The following day, February 12th, HCSO located Jackson at the Homewood Suites and spoke with him. After assessing Jackson's well-being, the missing person's case was canceled. Jackson was located deceased at approximately 11.30 a.m. on February 15th in his hotel room by a housekeeper. There are no apparent signs of trauma. The Hillsborough County Medical Examiner's Office will determine the cause of death as as well as officially identify his remains. Quote, My heart aches for the many loved ones Vincent Jackson leaves behind from his wife and children, to the Buccaneers nation that adored him, said Sheriff Chad Cronister. Mr. Jackson was a devoted man who put his family and community above everything else, end quote. HCSO has notified Jackson's next of kin of his passing. This remains an active and open investigation. Tampa Bay Buccaneers owner, co-chairman Brian Glazer, released a statement through the team's communications department saying, quote, we are shocked and saddened to hear the terrible news regarding the loss of Vincent Jackson. During his five seasons with our franchise, Vincent was a consummate professional who took a great deal of pride in his performance on and off the football field. Vincent was a dedicated father, husband, businessman, and philanthropist who made a deep impact on our community through his unyielding advocacy for military families, supported by the Jackson in Action 83 Foundation. He was a three-time Pro Bowl selection for his accomplishments on the field, but his greatest achievements as a Buccaneer were the four consecutive nominations he earned as our Walter Payton Man of the Year. Our deepest condolences go out to his wife, Lindsay, and the entire Jackson family. A lot of players took to Twitter to express their grief, express their, their pain, and former 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive tackle Gerald McCoy reached out to Rick Stroud, who tweeted out a statement from the former defensive tackle who was a teammate of Jackson's. He said, quote, It pains me to see this happen to such a great person at such a young age. A person who was more than a football player, he was a great husband and father who spent his life trying to help other people, spreading love and joy and doing everything in his power to make the next man smile. Somebody I considered to be more than a teammate. He was truly a friend and one of my mentors in my young age of the NFL. My nickname for him was the ultimate pro because he did everything right. Off the field, nutrition, taking care of his body, working out, off-season, practice habits, and especially on game day. He was a true example of how we should be as professionals and more importantly, men. He will truly be missed. Love you, Jack. Vincent Jackson's foundation, the Jackson in Action Foundation, did so much work throughout the Tampa community. He owned a restaurant in South Tampa, Cask Social, that he was very proud of, constantly posting pictures and, and events that were being hosted at the restaurant. And it wasn't just former teammates, former players reaching out on Twitter. It was media. It was fans that he had interacted with. And one of the most touching things that a lot of people continue to bring up was the baby shower, the annual baby shower that Vincent and his wife Lindsay would host for the wives of deployed military families who were expecting children. And they would just absolutely unload gift after gift after gift to these mothers whose, whose husbands and the, the father of their unborn children was away serving this country and um, it was always wonderful to see those those posts those interactions those photos from that very special luncheon that the jacksons would host each and every year um, it's a really sad occasion uh, there's a lot of people very very upset very confused as to what could have happened but you know, we at the, the Locked On Bucks podcast and, of course, over at, at Bucks Nation, we were thinking of Vincent Jackson's friends and family at this time. We will respect, you know, their privacy, of course, as they've asked. And um, a tip of the hat to an all-time Buccaneers legend. He wasn't here for long, but his impact throughout the Tampa community will be felt long beyond his time on this earth and we thank vincent for everything he's done for the buccaneers for the community for military families rest in peace big man coming up in just a few moments we are going to get to a a topic that i wanted to touch on before all of this news came down uh and first we have to give a shout out to some friends of ours over at betonline.ag betonline the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code locked on. Again, use promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book 
experts. Segment two of the Locked On Bucks podcast coming up in just a moment here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Segment two here of the Locked On Bucks podcast in February is Black History Month and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Going to uh, shift gears here a little bit to uh, a conversation that I wanted to get into And it stems from, if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, go back, check it out. David and I did free agent Tinder. And we were talking about swiping right and swiping left on these pending Buccaneers free agents based on the current cap situation as it's estimated, as well as the estimated market value of these players. We did not take the liberties of creating more cap space or negotiating with these players. We were taking the the hard number numbers as we had them in front of us and having to make tough decisions. One of those tough decisions that I had to make was that I had to swipe left or basically not bring back wide receiver Chris Godwin. And I mentioned in that in that kind of reaction that the Buccaneers from a business aspect may have to make that tough decision. Do they bring back Chris Godwin? David brought up the great point that, look, you have the number one guy, the captain of the team, Mike Evans, coming out and saying, look, I'll restructure my deal to free up some money, bring these guys back. As you know, Chris Godwin, it's going to be kind of hard for him to go in there and say, Look, Mike, I appreciate what you did trying to keep the team together, but I'm going to make sure that I get paid more than you do. He's going to have to take a little bit less money than what Mike Evans is getting in order to come back and and try to run this thing, you know, for a repeat. He may not want to do that. Flat out, he may not want to do that. He may want to say, you know what? My career could end at any point. Look at what happened to Michael Irvin. You know, look at what happened to Alex Smith. You know, this could be over in the blink of an eye. I'm going to maximize my opportunity to be a free agent, and I'm going to go get mine. And, hey, I support it. Chris Godwin, two-time guest of the show, absolutely phenomenal. He is an incredibly kind and generous person. He's wonderful to talk to. He, you know, he's much nicer than he, you know, has to be, plain and simple. I absolutely love the guy. And if he's going to go get paid, I will be over the moon excited for him because that's what these players, you know, need to do. David and I have talked about it numerous times. You know, it's easy for us from the outside looking in say, Hey, take a hometown discount, bring the band back together. But there's not too many of us, you know, myself included, anybody listening who could walk into their boss's office and the boss said, Hey, um, so I know you're up for your annual raise. But instead, how would you feel about taking a pay cut to do the same amount of work? Like, can we pay you less than we paid you last year? Because Stephen over in accounting, um, we really want to keep him, but we can't afford him if you are going to keep your current salary. So is that cool? Can we cut your pay to pay Stephen? You're going to say, nah. No, I earned that money. 
So if Chris Caldwin goes out on the open market, gets broken off a big old contract, good for him. I'm excited for him. I wish him all the best. But one of the things that I brought up was the the business decision that the Buccaneers may have to make of saying, look, Chris, we appreciate you. We, we like what you've done for this team. We love you as a person, but we can't afford to keep you if this is what you want, especially when we could bring back Antonio Brown for a fraction of the price. So let's talk about Chris Godwin versus Antonio Brown. Now, I'm on record as saying if I have to choose between the two, all things being equal, I would rather have Chris Godwin. What Antonio Brown for this team did for this team cannot be understated, though. He came in, he helped them, they were dealing with injuries at the position, and he did a good job. While he was here, he behaved himself. I'll give him that. That does not excuse or condone past behavior or alleged behavior, but we do have to acknowledge that while he was in Tampa, he was not a distraction. He was a team player. He knew what his role was, and he didn't complain about it. We heard from Jason Light about how he was actually in Leonard Fournette's ear talking about, hey, you're going to get your opportunity. You're going to get your chance. You just got to be patient. We've heard further from that that Bruce Arians had to have a sit down with Leonard Fournette as well. But A.B. was kind of the voice of reason, you know, talking to Leonard Fournette over on the sidelines. So you were encouraged by what you saw. But again, that doesn't forgive the past transgressions. That is why A.B. would come in at a fraction of the price. Antonio Brown took to Instagram and he said, World champs, thank you, Bucks Nation. I am incredibly blessed to be part of this great team and franchise to help bring a Lombardi trophy to Tampa Bay. I want to specifically thank Coach Arians, Jason Light, and the Glazer family for giving me this opportunity to bring a title to the Buccaneers family. To all my teammates, and especially at Tom Brady, Thank you for believing in me and pushing me every single day. Tom Brady commented with a couple of heart emojis, said, you did the work, so proud of you and grateful to be your teammate with a couple of trophies and a couple of check marks. Blaine Gabbert threw up a couple of heart emojis. It sounded to me like Antonio Brown was excited to be part of this team, excited to be, you know, to be given the opportunity and that he wants to stay. He enjoys playing with Tom Brady. He wants to stay with Tom Brady. He enjoyed his time playing for Bruce Arians. He likes the organization. That's what I read into it. So let's say, for the sake of argument, the Bucks let Chris Godwin walk to keep Antonio Brown. Let's take a look at a couple of the numbers, okay? Just in the 2020 season. That's all we're looking at. That's all we're comparing. We're not going to take a look at Antonio Brown's dominant Hall of Fame level stats from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are talking the 2020 season. Chris Godwin, 12 games, 84 targets, 65 receptions, a 77.4% catch rate, 840 yards, a 12.9 yard per reception average, and seven touchdowns. Antonio Brown in eight games, 62 targets, 45 receptions. That's a 72.6% catch rate, 483 yards, 10.7 yards per reception, and four touchdowns. Let's take a look at the postseason. Now, Chris Godwin played in four games in the postseason. 
16 receptions on 32 targets. That's a 50% catch rate for 232 yards, one touchdown, and a 14.5 yards per reception average. Antonio Brown, three games, eight receptions on 12 targets, 66.7% catch rate, 10.1 yards per reception, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. Let's go back to the regular season for a minute. Let's extrapolate the averages that these two put down for a full season of work. So again, Godwin played in 12 games based on his averages over a full 16-game season. He would have had 1,120 yards and nine touchdowns. Antonio Brown, 966 yards and eight touchdowns. So when you take a look at all of this, you start to realize that if the Bucks lose Chris Godwin, okay, and Antonio Brown is the one that slides into that number two receiver role, you can still move him around the same way you moved Chris Godwin around. They may opt to have Tyler Johnson move into that number three receiver spot. Could be Scotty Miller. Could be somebody in yet another very deep wide receiver class in the NFL draft. But you would have to think that his targets and his opportunity would increase without Chris Godwin there. So when we talk about Chris Godwin potentially not coming back because of the money situation, and again, the Buccaneers have the flexibility to do whatever moves they want. If they want to borrow money from future years, the way that they can structure these contracts, Jason Light and, and Mike Greenberg have said they could free up 20 to $25 million in the blink of an eye. All of these things are possible. It's all about the value that they are putting on these players that they are not willing to go past. That's the same kind of thing that got Mark Dominic in trouble. He wasn't putting a value that he wouldn't exceed on players. He was just signing anybody and everybody that he could for absorbent amounts of money. So if they decide, look, Chris, we love you, but we can't pay you $17 million while our number one guy, Mike Evans, is taking a pay cut. It's just not feasible. The optics are bad. It may disrupt the locker room a little bit. We're not sure but we're not willing to take that chance. Now, I don't see Mike Evans as being that kind of guy, being upset that his his buddy just got a huge deal. He'd probably be really excited for him and make Chris pay for you know the next handful of dinners when they're hanging out, but you don't want to mess with that. Antonio Brown, at this point within that facility, is a known commodity. They know what they have in him. They know what he's capable of. They know how he fits in with everyone. And on the flip side, he knows how he fits in with the team. He knows his role. He knows his his spot in the pecking order, so to speak. And you're not going to see the outbursts. You're not going to see the tantrums. You're not going to see him running his mouth. He knows where he fits. He knows he's still on thin ice, even after a half of a season, that if anything goes wrong, he's out the door. You can probably sign Antonio Brown for a third, maybe a quarter of what Chris Godwin is going to get. It's not going to surprise me in the least if Chris Godwin 
gets 18 or 19 million dollars a year to go play for the Washington football team or the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Chicago Bears. Maybe he teams up with Deshaun Watson and he's going to go be his number one guy with the New York Jets. He could get an opportunity to be a number one receiver somewhere. Meanwhile, Antonio Brown very well could sign a two-year deal for $7 million. These are the kinds of tough business decisions that the Buccaneers have to make. There was somebody in the Bucs Nation mentions all day on Monday talking about how the Bucs, in order to keep Godwin, need to cut Donovan Smith. That's not helping anything. That's not helping anybody. Donovan Smith is coming off of his best season. He played phenomenally. He's not going anywhere. This, this particular person on Twitter was saying you could easily replace Donovan Smith with a free agent or drafting somebody. Give me a name. Give me a name of somebody who's going to come in, replace Donovan Smith at left tackle, and do a better job than what Donovan Smith did last year. The Buccaneers were second in the NFL in sacks allowed per dropback. Second. But because of Donovan Smith's struggles in the past or struggles in a couple of games this year, people still want to chase him out of the building. I hate to break it to you, $14 million for a starting left tackle in this NFL market, that's not a bad deal. You are paying him middle of the row left tackle money and he played above average in 2020. If anything... Donovan Smith is going to get an extension and it may cut back on the 2021 cap number, but Donovan Smith being cut doesn't solve a problem. It creates a new one and it creates a bigger, more difficult one to fill on this roster. That's the thing with the the big name free agents that these Buccaneers have. Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett on the open market are going to be able to command big money, even in a lower salary cap season because of the cap going down with with COVID and the the loss of revenue. You don't need to pay those guys that much money. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you make that decision that we would love to have Shaq back. We would love to have Chris Godwin back, but we can't afford to pay Godwin 16 or 17 million and pay Shaq 18 or 19 million. Our offensive scheme will allow us to get similar, not the same, not better, similar production out of an Antonio Brown for a cheaper price. Our defensive scheme will create the opportunity for similar production, not the same, not better but similar production out of another edge rusher that we got out of Shaq Barrett as long as we bring back Indomitian Sue and we have a healthy Vita Vea there wrecking the interior of the opposing offensive line. That's why you see some of these mock drafts having the the Bucs taking an edge rusher. That's why we see things about J.J. Watt potentially coming to town. And speaking of which, I'm going to jump to this real quick before we hit the break. This comes from our friends over at 10 Tampa Bay WTSP.com written up by, by Jillian Olson there. Former NFL executive, Mike Tannenbaum. I know, go ahead, roll your eyes. I'll give you a second. 
Former NFL executive Mike Tannenbaum was on ESPN's Get Up on Monday. And he said that Watt should head for the Sunshine State and play under the guidance of a head coach who knows how to work with the veterans of this sport. Tannenbaum said, quote, Bruce Arians is really key to this. Bruce Arians takes care of veteran players. Tom Brady didn't get a veteran's day off when he was in New England, but Bruce gave it to him. And look, it helps. It works. Some of these older guys need a day off. Jason Pierre-Paul didn't practice during the postseason because Bruce knows how to handle his veteran players. Tannenbaum went on to say, quote, when you talk to people around the league, teams, agents, Tampa Bay immediately, overnight, has become this incredible destination. They check every box. All this is to say that J.J. Watt is going to be looking at Tampa Bay as a high priority on his list of teams that he would like to play for. You mean to tell me that the Bucs can't get, I don't know, eight, nine sacks out of J.J. Watt in this defensive scheme if they were to let Shaq Barrett go? And not only that, but J.J. Watt will bounce between the two. He'll stand up sometimes. He'll put his hand in the dirt sometimes. You mean to tell me that opposing offensive lines are ready to go up against a front three of J.J. Watt, Vita Vea, and Indomitian Sue when you've got Jason Pierre-Paul coming off the edge and either Levante David or Devin White blitzing up the middle? That is a nightmare. That is a nightmare scenario for any offensive coordinator trying to prepare to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this isn't about my personal feelings about how much I like Shaq Barrett. Again, guest of the show, absolutely fantastic person, loved talking to him. He's a great guy. He deserves to go out there and make his money if that's what he chooses to do. Chris Godwin, phenomenal human being. He and Mariah do a great job with their charity, wonderful people. If he chooses to go try to maximize his value and get a massive contract, I will support him. I will root for him and I will be over the moon excited for him. But NFL teams have really, really difficult business decisions to make this season with the cap potentially going down. Now, Peter King on on Pro Football Talk this morning, Monday morning, was talking to um, Mike Florio saying that the NFL is trying to push to get some of these TV deals done ahead of free agency, and that influx of cash could actually allow for a little bit more cap space. So we're still waiting to see how all of that's going to work out. But right now, what we do know is that the cap is likely going down. And these are the tough decisions that Jason Light and his team have to make. Love to see Godwin and Shaq back. But this is my public service announcement for all of our listeners. It is not doomsday. It is not the end of the world. It is not the end of any chances of repeating as Super Bowl champions if those two guys happen to leave. Real quick, before we wrap things up here, we have to give a shout out to another friend of ours. And look, one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage, food, whatever the case may be. 
Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Don't do that. Don't do that. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. When you're done listening to this, make sure you check out our friends over at Peacock. And Williamson, NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We opened things up today on a uh, on a very somber note, and we're going to close things out again, kind of talking about this a little bit more because Vincent Jackson's impact on all of you as Buccaneers fans, uh, all of you in the Tampa area with with his contributions. He was a wonderful person. He you know from the outside looking in, you know he looked like. He was living the absolute best life imaginable. He's helping these military families. He's running a successful restaurant. He's never met a Bucks fan that he didn't immediately just absolutely love and want to have a conversation with. His lovely wife, his beautiful children. Um, Lewis Riddick of ESPN, uh, he tweeted out something that really got me thinking. And again, we don't know the details outside of of Vincent being found in his hotel room. There were no signs of trauma. uh, And he had been living there by himself since early January. Um, I'm not here to speculate on what might have happened. I'm not here to speculate on what could have happened. What I am here to say is we close this show out the same way every day. And I give you my little spiel of, you know, wash your hands and all that. But the last thing that I say is be good to one another. Now, Lewis Riddick tweeted out, repeat, check in on your people regularly. You had former players, uh, former teammates of Vincent's coming out and talking about how upset they were. Roy Miller uh, he was he was here for a cup of coffee, but you know Roy Miller tweeted out that you know my boy was alone, and he talks about how much that hurts. Gerald McCoy tweeted out this one is hurting for real. Mike Evans, you can see. I just talked in the last segment about 
Mike Evans going in, taking a pay cut, uh, you know, trying to be there for the team and and do what he can to help this organization bring back this team. You can see it on his social media posts with his wife, Ashley, and his two beautiful little girls, how much he loves his family. David and I have have tried numerous times to have Mike Evans on this show. And scheduling is always an issue because when we've spoken to, to Mike's representatives, they've said, look, when the season is over, that is Mike's time with his family. He doesn't like to do the interviews. He doesn't like to do the appearances unless it's for something really, really special like he did Chris Godwin's charities uh, appearance. Mike wants to spend that time with Ashley and his girls. And we respect that. We stopped We stopped bothering him. We, you know, we'll try different avenues. But you can see the influence that Vincent Jackson had on Mike Evans in those aspects. The way he handles being a professional, the way he handles his family life, the way he's able to separate the two, compartmentalize, and, and do all the right things and say all the right things. Mike Evans tweeted out, VJAX, thank you for everything. I love you, big bro. Praying for your family. Rest in paradise. This... I, I'm not I'm not saying this is exactly the case, but we've heard about it a lot. Um, the way a lot of these shutdowns and a lot of the quarantining has affected people's mentalities. And it hit home with me when I saw an article about a local high school student that went to high school with my nieces and nephews was found dead in his bedroom because of of depression not being able to leave not being able to see his his friends or or even his family outside of the ones that he he lived with and the kind of impact that that has on somebody so young and so impressionable you start you start having to kind of check in with people a little more often than you normally would and i know it sounds silly and i know it sounds almost bothersome to some level where it's like, you know, do I really want to text this person and be like, hey, are you okay? You know, that just seems like I'm prying or something. But it's so important to understand that the people that you love have someone that they can count on, that they know if something's not okay, if I am feeling a certain way, I can come to this person. And it's important for all of you to understand that you have those people in your lives. Now, a lot of our listeners, I don't know personally, but I'm here. My my DMs are open if anyone ever needs to reach out and just say, hey, I know you don't know me like that. And I know I don't know you like that, but I really need to vent right now. I'll be there for anybody that needs it because 38 years old is too damn young for this. This, this is affecting me similarly to, and, and I know Matt from Morvin, Georgia is going to roll his eyes when I say this. This is affecting me similarly to the way Chester Bennington's death affected me. Chester Bennington and, and Lincoln Park's music was such a massive part of my life and got me through some horrifically difficult times when I was making a major transition in my life and losing that was like losing a part of me. 
So these these lives that Vincent Jackson has reached out and and touched, whether he knew it or not, people are going to be affected by this. So I'm not going to do my normal outro today. What I am going to say is make sure the people you love know that you're there for them. Check in on people. Make sure they're okay. And as always, be good to each other because you just never know what someone is really going through. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Uh, David will be back tomorrow. And we'll be back to more Buccaneers talk right here on the Locked on Bucks podcast.